The issues that matter most, right here. The Drew Mariani Show. On Relevant Radio. Donald Trump has won the New Hampshire primary, and that has put him on an apparent glide path to the Republican nomination. You know, we won New Hampshire three times now. Three. Three. We win it every time. We win the primary. We win the generals. We've won it, and it's a very, very special place to me. It's very important. And just a little note to Nikki. She's not going to win. It's the Drew Mariani Show on Relevant Radio. That was the president. Tell Nikki, hey, you lost two. You're not going to win anymore. Uh, is that the case? She did better than expected. I was talking a little bit earlier in the broadcast in the open that she she beat out with the uh, real clear politics polling uh, said she would do. Uh, the people of the Granite State held their first in the nation primary, at least the Republican primary, right? And it seems that Donald Trump won. But let me emphasize that it seems that way, right? Nikki Haley, believe it or not, she got within about 11, 11 points, I think is if I remember correctly, which is better than the polls expect her to get. She says she's not done. Uh, she's going to South Carolina, her home state, and she's going to hang as long as she can. Here's what she said. Listen to this. At one point in this campaign, there were 14 of us running, and we were at 2% in the polls. Well, I'm a fighter. And I'm scrappy. And now we're the last one standing next to Donald Trump. South Carolina voters don't want a coronation. They want an election. So I don't know how you feel about Nikki Haley. Uh, here's what the president said. Listen. You know, we won New Hampshire. Three times now, three, three. I said, I can go up and I can say to everybody, oh, thank you for the victory, it's wonderful, it's what." Or I can go up and say, who was the imposter that went up on the stage before and like claimed a victory? She did very poorly, actually. This is not your typical victory speech, but let's not have somebody take a victory when she had a very bad night. She had a very bad night. And when I watched her in the fancy dress that probably wasn't so fancy come up, I said, what's she doing? We won. And she did the same thing last week. But Ron beat her also. You know, Ron yeah. came in second and he left. She came in third and she's still hanging around. So I'll be honest. I said it before. That bothers me about the former president. I mean, why do you have to insult what she's wearing? Right. I mean, it's just it's juvenile. It really, it's just so juvenile. I can't wait till all this is behind us. Right. I, I don't know how you feel about it. Um, you know, the next stop, as I said, is South Carolina. It's her home state. And you would think that she'd have the advantage there. But according to the polls, real clear politics poll, uh, the average there shows Trump actually beating her there 31 by 31 points. Um and that's a pretty big gap between now and then. I think we're, what, 30 days away, something like that. Uh, Democrats hold their their primary in the, in the Palmetto State on February 3rd, and the Republicans hold, hold it a month from today. But um, awful lot can happen. Dr. Paul Kengor wrote a piece uh, on this at the American Spectator. I hope you will check it out. And uh, the headline was great. He, he, too, said, you know what? He says, we got a ball game. That's how he sees it. I said, really? Donald Trump? And Nikki Haley, he claims, 
are in a real race. Do you see it that way as well? And could Nikki Haley be uh, a real sleeper? Could she rise? Do people want to change? How will she How will she survive in the days ahead? I'm joined right now by Dr. Paul Kengor. And, of course, you can join us too, 888-914-9149. Doctor, it's good to have you back. So give me your breakdown, if you could, of the primaries. Um, you think Haley did a lot better than uh, than expected, of course, and you think she's got some life? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, no question here, Drew. I, I, I mean, look, a week ago, all right, I mean, she was projected to, okay, to do better in New Hampshire than any other state, which meant that she would lose to Trump by about 20, all right? <laughs> so that, that you know, not real impressive, right? Uh, but she's going to lose by 20. Well, she lost by about 10. And, you know, maybe and before the votes are counted here, it could go back to single digits. When I went to bed last night, it was about 7 yeah, percent right. was the difference. And so, you know, Trump, Trump gained maybe 1 percent. Um, she gained maybe 10 uh, with DeSantis leaving. So we thought, OK, the, you know, DeSantis is pulling out and DeSantis endorsed Trump, as did uh, other Florida guys. Right. Uh, Ted Cruz, by the way. Speaking of Trump insulting Nikki Haley's dress, remember yeah. uh, how he insulted Cruz's wife, Heidi, um, how he insulted Carly Farina yeah. oh, in yeah. uh, 2016, right? I mean, he calls these women ugly, you know, really, really just, uh, you, know, you know, vile personal attacks. But that's, that's the kind of thing that he does. And but 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 she you know, she she gained 10 percentage points. Now, I, now I've, I wrote a piece about this. It's up in American Spectator Day. It's, it's called We've Got a Ball Game. Yeah. And I've had people email me since and say, well, you know, according to polls, it, Haley got a lot of people who voted for for her that were Democrats. And, and, you know, that, and that may well be true. Uh, I, I, I really have to see the breakdown on that. Uh, but still, according to the, all the polling that was done uh, you know, by Real Clear Politics, does, does the composite averages and everything last week, mm -hmm. it wasn't supposed to be this close. Uh, you know, she and, and however you go about it, it's like, like, a, like a football game, right? Yeah. I, I mean, you'll have people say, well, you know, if, um, if, if the Cleveland Browns wouldn't have had that, uh, that interception, that pick six, Mm -hmm. And that punt return for a touchdown, you know, they lose that game by three touchdowns. <laughs> well, right, right. but they got the punt return and they and they got the pick six, right? And you know, the the score of this game a week ago for New Hampshire um, looked like looked like Trump twenty eight nothing, right? Yeah. And um, as of today, it's Trump over Nikki Haley about twenty eight to twenty one, uh, maybe even twenty eight twenty four. So you know, she had been looking for a way to energize her campaign, to, to change the momentum. And, and she got it. She got it. And, 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 and he says, you know, she shouldn't be declaring victory. Well, why not? I, and, and, and she said last night, this race is far from over. Yeah. That, I, I would take that too. Uh, I, I, that, you know, that would be, that would be my take as well. So um, I, I thought it was uh he was expecting to give her a knockout punch last night, but but you know she swung back, and uh, you know, he he took a pretty good gut punch last night, and I think um, the kind of insults that he was flinging when he should have been uh, celebrating instead of you know jumping on his opponent and insulting her, I think it's a sign that he knew that uh, she landed some punches yesterday. And, and that's the thing. I mean, I think the president, the former president's, you know, greatest. The, 
you know, detriment to his campaign is his mouth. I mean, yes. you know, when he goes ahead and takes those caustic tones, when he attacks and derides and belittles, you're above that. You won, you know, Iowa, you, you won New Hampshire, you know, talk about the positive. But, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I don't know. And, and I know a lot of people love Donald Trump and they like the way he speaks and they, they, they like all that. But, you know, I, I think that alienates a lot of people. I thought if, you know, if he didn't do that, things might change. Um, I know you mentioned right. in your article, Dan Flynn noted this morning that he that Trump adopted this adopted this caustic tone of the loser when really he's the winner. Um, yeah, I don't think it does him a service. I think it does him a disservice, uh, to be honest with yeah, you. Yeah, no, he, you know, Dan Flynn said, you know, he painted in dark hues, right? Wielding a brick bat at Haley. And, uh, look, you know, you try, you know, look, Trump, uh, you and I have said it before. Great for the pro-life movement. Best pro-life president we have ever had. Yep. Stunning. Yep. Uh, we wouldn't have reversed Roe v. Wade. God bless if it wasn't for Donald Trump. Uh, you know, the, you know the, the guy can be really good at times, but he's a man child. He's a narcissist. Mm. You know, Trump is, uh, you know, clearly, you know, a, a man who can't control his behavior. And the Trump people get really angry at me when I point this out. But as I've been saying since 2015, 2016, uh, you, 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 you should listen to guys like me sometimes, because if, if, if your guy was able to be a bit more presidential, he might be able to get reelected. And he failed to get reelected in 2020, I'm convinced, because of his absolutely idiotic, stupid, uncontrollable, reckless, impetuous behavior in that first presidential debate against Joe Biden. And the whole country was watching. And even and even people on the Republican side thought, oh, man, you know, Trump, shut up. Stop it. What do you yeah. do? Stop it. Please stop it. But he couldn't control himself. And by the time of the next presidential debate, when he was presidential and looked really good yep. and people thought, oh, but you know what? I sent in my mail-in ballot <laughs> and I voted for Biden. There were about 10 million of those ballots had gone in at that time. Yep. So, so this is what the guy does to himself. And uh, yeah, that's his own fault, period. My guest today is Dr. Paul Kangor, and you can join us if you want, 888-914-9149. Taking a look at the New Hampshire primaries and what lies ahead. Of course, President Biden, who was not there in New Hampshire, not even a ballot uh, one. And again, just a quick disclaimer, Relevant Radio is not endorsing or condemning any of these candidates, but we do want to take a look at what they stand for and you know what might ultimately shake out it more than likely is going to be a a biden trump rematch but is there a possibility that nikki haley uh, will gain gain traction is there a spark that will become a flame and that flame become a blaze I, I don't know you can sound off if you want feel free to join us 888-914-9149 888-914-9149 and doctor how realistic do you think it is that nikki haley will become competitive against Donald Trump. I mean, she's lost the first two. She's going to go to South Carolina. She's behind 31 points. Um, she may continue to lose, um, or, or maybe she won't. I, I I don't know. How do you, how do you read it? Why do you think we have a ball game? Yeah. I, I mean, what's really important to understand here, Drew, is, is that they win delegates in these States, right? Mm -hmm. So, so these aren't like, um, okay, Trump won Iowa and New Hampshire. So now he's got like, you know, 20 electoral college votes. Right. right. And she has zero. Right. Um, no, unless it's a winner take all state, right. um, you know, they could come close to splitting some of these delegates. So so if, if she loses like you know, 55, 45 in the state 
where it's not a winner takes all delegates. I mean, you know, Trump could walk away yeah. with 20. She could walk away with 15. You know, it's not, it's not 20 to nothing. I heard so, somebody. So, I'm sorry, doctor. Go ahead. No, that's, well, no, it's okay. So, so, so those accumulate, they add up. And then they take him into the convention, which will be in Milwaukee in yeah, July. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I, my guy, Ronald Reagan, um, almost overtook Gerald Ford in 1976 with, yeah. with delegate counts. So, so that could happen. It, it, the, the, the big yeah. one is going to be South Carolina. And, and according to Real Clear Politics right now, Trump leads Haley in her own state by 30 points. Yeah. Okay, but that includes DeSantis in those polling numbers. Um, and you know, those, and those polls were done a little over the last few weeks. She now, she's going to now have some momentum. If, if they go down to South Carolina and, and I expect Trump to beat her again, I would bet on it. Um, but it's once again, like 55, 45, yeah. uh, we've got a race if that's the case. I heard somebody so, pause the fact, you know, you, you talk about delegates, right. And in, in the mm -hmm. convention, I heard somebody say, well, you know, she continues to win a lot of delegates, you know, is there a possibility she can leverage those to become the vice president? You know, but I don't know if Trump would ever go for that. But how right. do you see that? Is this a way to unite the party? There are the, the you know always Trumpers, and you got the never Trumpers, right? You you got people who would rather have Haley over Trump all day. Is this a possible solution? Is this part of the long term game plan? I mean, it's unlikely that you know she's going to win um, based on polls and, and numbers right now. But as you point out, we may have a ball game. How do you see this? How do you see the delegate race playing into some sort of other? Uh, I, I don't know, prominent play for her uh, come convention time? Well, it's a good question. I don't know if she would accept the vice presidency or not, but, um, you know, but she did accept a U.N. appointment from him, right? And, and so, you know, you know, Donald Trump went from favoring her as his uh, U.N. ambassador to now uh, seeing her as a bird brain with the ugly dress. Right. Oh my gosh. That's, like <laughs> right? So That's what he calls her bird brain. Oh right. Um, so yeah, but, but uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, bird brain was uh, chirping and singing last night because, you know, yeah. and he was sweating because, because you know, she, she did, she did darn well. And, and, you know, and I don't care if, if again, people say, well, you know, according to exit polls by CNN, 70% of voters crossed yeah. over Democrats voted for, Hey, yeah. Look at the score, man. All yeah, right. Yeah. Look look at the score, right? You know, twenty eight not it's not twenty eight nothing, it's twenty eight twenty four, right? Yeah, it's yeah. not it's not, you know, sixty to thirty percent in New Hampshire, it's it's fifty four forty four. All right. So however you go about doing it and getting there, and, and let me remind folks of another uh, you know, a number here, okay? Uh twenty sixteen pre uh, uh, presidential election, Hillary, forty eight percent. Donald Trump 46%. All right. She took him by two or 3 million votes. All right. But he won the presidency because he won the electoral college. That's right. All right. So ever you go, and I would add this too, if a bunch of those democratic voters actually crossed over and voted and voted for Nikki Haley, uh, maybe she might pick up a bunch of them in a general election in November against Joe Biden, because there are a lot of Democrats who don't want to vote for Joe Biden. Yeah. And, and, and they, they they despise Trump. They don't love Nikki Haley, but they don't have a big problem with her. And they might find her acceptable as somebody that a lot of Democrats are, are willing to vote for. Right. Let's do this. We'll grab a few phone calls. If you want to join us, 888-914-9149. Feel free to sound off. Uh, Kathy's got a comment for you, doctor. She's joining us from South California or Southern California. Hi, uh, Kathy. Good afternoon. 
Hi, thanks for taking my call. There are a lot of people that I know who love what Trump does, don't like what he says or how he acts. It's, as has been commented before, very juvenile. And uh, that's really looked bad for us internationally as well as domestically um, in his last presidency. There are lots of people who, if he runs, that's their big hesitancy about voting for him again. They like his policies can't stand when he opens his mouth. He apparently is so arrogant and myopic that he's not going to listen to anybody else. He's a narcissist. So how do we get the word across as a group that you would have more support if, Mm -hmm. or is there no way? Thanks, Kath. Yeah, I'd say, uh, first of all, great call. And I think the answer is two words. You already named them. No way. I mean, at this point, um, Trump can't learn. I mean, he, he can't control himself. And, you know, and that's this, you know, th- that's the, the sort of impetuousness, the rashness that concerned a lot of us, you know, eight years ago. We thought um, if somebody is not even able to control his mouth and behavior in a press conference, right, what's he going to be like when he's in charge of foreign policy, right? Uh, but that said, um, I think he did a really good job in foreign policy. <laughs> I thought, thought he did a great job with the Middle East. So, so you know, at the same time, maybe we shouldn't worry so much about what he says yeah. because he, that's the kind of braggadocio that he does. He likes to entertain people. He insults people. That's yeah. kind of what he's like. But when he's actually there in the Oval Office, he gets things done. And, he, and uh, you know, I, I mean, liberals, right? Liberals yeah. listening. Don't you want to build a monument to Donald Trump for giving you the COVID vaccines, right? For giving you the, you know, these Pfizer and Moderna and, you know, mRNA clot shots that you guys all forced us to try to take through mandatory vaccine once mm-hmm. once Joe Biden and Kamala Harris uh, you, you became president and vice president. Don't you love him for that? I mean, he made that happen. I mean, Trump did that with Operation Warp Speed in like a year. You think Sleepy Joe could have pulled that off? Yeah. I, I mean, not a chance. You ought to love Donald Trump for that. Yeah, I, I but, think. Um, but. Yeah, I just I think is I, I think to Kathy's point, um, what Trump says is is one of his big foibles. I mean, if he, if he had better governance over what comes out of his mouth, I think he'd have a lot more people behind him. But to the point of policy, you know, I think this year, Doctor, when we go to the general election, if Donald Trump is the nominee, and it's likely that'll be the case, you got four years of Trump. You can take a look at everything from you know energy and and the life issue and the economy and national security and all these other issues, war. And compare it against the Biden administration who had four years. And I, I hope people will do that. I hope they'll put rhetoric aside because some of the stuff that Joe Biden says can can drive you crazy, too. Right. Um, that's exactly right. That's and and right. look at policy and then, then mm-hmm. you know, make the best make the best decision. Mary in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, I have a question with regard to the stance on pro-life with comparing Trump and, and Haley with regard to capital punishment and a second part of that is that most of his foreign policy uh and and connections with dictators who have um supported you know crimes against humanity there's a concern with pro-life for me on that so help me understand where they stand on the larger pro-life all right doctor you want to speak to that well, yeah, I, I mean, so I, I couldn't stand the stuff that Donald Trump said about uh, Kim, for example, in North Korea. Uh, little Kim, who you know, Trump gave these just 
obsequious, horrible. I mean, just really terrible. I wrote a whole book called Dupes. I mean, I could I could add a, ch- a chapter just in what Donald Trump said about uh, about Rocket Man, as he calls him, who was suddenly his best friend, right? Yeah. Um, but not that Trump was in any way aiding or abetting or cooperating with Kim and doing evil in any way. With Putin, uh, I, I mean, Democrats accuse Trump of colluding with Putin to steal the 2016 election, back when you can have election deniers on the Democratic side, right? Uh, but but, you know, but Trump, um, Trump got along with Putin, and Putin behaved himself for those four years. I mean, you know, it, 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 I don't think it's a coincidence that 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 Putin didn't do anything against the Ukraine until 2014, when uh, when Obama was president, and by the way, Biden was vice president, and then in February 2022, when when Joe Biden was in, he behaved himself, um, uh, you know, very nicely. <laughs> Well, Trump was president. And it's not like Trump was, you know, sending Putin missiles or, or anything like that. And and look what Trump did in the Middle East. I, I, mean, it, it, I mean, he truly made peace in the Middle East with the Abraham Accords. If a if a Democratic president had done the Abraham Accords, getting all these Arab states to recognize Israel's right to exist like Trump did. I mean, that president would, would, have, would have won the Nobel Peace Prize. Yes. No question whatsoever. Yep. So, I mean, you know, I, I'd say largely he the world was at peace in a in a better way while trump was president than uh, than under biden yeah, and and mary when it comes to the pro life position and the death penalty position um you know trump has evolved on that before his presidency you know his views on abortion have shifted during the presidency doctors you and i have talked about he's been taking a very strong pro-life stance. He's, as many people have claimed, one of the most pro-life presidents we've had. Uh, when he became president, he reinstated the Mexico City policy. In fact, he he expanded right. that. Right away. Right away. And, which so is a really positive thing. Haley is also pro-life. I mean, she's consistently held a pro-life stance during her tenure as governor and when she served as the U.S. ambassador underneath the Trump, um, you know, to the U.N., she, uh, she maintained a pro-life position there as well. I mean, again, in recent days, they both have talked about making compromises. I'm not a big fan of their, their recent positions, mm-hmm. but capital punishment, uh, the, I think the president is, is he's a vocal supporter of it. I think Haley, when she was governor of Cal- South Carolina, uh, she supported the death penalty as well. So, um, you know, positions evolve. You got to know where they are when you go to vote, of course, but um, I think they're pretty similar from, from what I can recall. So, um, it's about uh, 25 after the hour. Lines are stacked, so let me move along. We'll go to Jim in California. Jim, hi, you're on the air with Dr. Paul Kengor. Hi, good afternoon. Uh, I really, uh, when I when I was listening, uh, I heard um, things that I didn't think were important. However, in listening longer, when I was put on hold, uh, he hit all the points that are really, to me, I think, important. We got to have someone in the Oval Office that is powerful, that other countries respect. And that's, in my opinion, that's definitely him. Um, people can change throughout time, uh, you know, with their with their policies and stuff. But I think one of the most important things is that we mm-hmm. we pray for right discernment. Amen. on who to put into the office. Right, and I think right. we're going to have the answer is going to be obvious to us. Yeah. Well, Jim, thank you. Doctor, I'll let you make a quick comment here. We'll take a break and come back and take a few more calls. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I certainly would say here, too, that um, in terms of policy and abortion and even foreign policy and these other things, 
Um, you know, for for me, I prefer personally Donald Trump over Joe Biden on oh, those things. And I got to yeah. say, as a Catholic, yeah, as a Catholic, to see a Catholic president doing the things that Biden is doing on abortion and life and transgenderism and everything else is appalling. And he says something crazier every day that I think Donald Trump says, even with Trump's brashness. Right. Um, so in that sense, there's kind of no comparison, but but kind of like a sort of debate among Republicans over Haley versus Trump and Trump's behavior. There's no denying that Trump just acts like a narcissistic man child over and over again. He's man his child. own worst enemy. And it's really politically stupid that he does that. No, you're right. No, I could not agree with you more. I, I love the way you phrase it. A man child. <laughs> That's great. My guest, Dr. Paul Kangor, uh, I know a lot of people want to jump into the conversation and you're welcome to do that. The number of course, triple eight, nine, one, four, 9149. We have to take just a short pause. When we come back, we'll take a few more of your calls as we take a look at not just the New Hampshire primaries. Dr. Paul Kangor wrote an article. You may want to check it out. And he makes a case. In fact, his headline says, we've got a ball game. Does Nikki Haley have a chance? Could you possibly see a Joe Biden, Nikki Haley uh, presidential uh, race? Or does President Trump have it all sewn up? Our conversation and more will continue right after this. The Drew Mariani Show on Relevant Radio. Hey, today we'd like to thank Tom, who is listening in Illinois, for donating his 1978 Slick Craft boat. You can join Tom and thousands of other listeners in donating old vehicles, trucks, boats, and RVs by visiting relevantradio.com slash car. That's relevantradio.com slash car. It's like a civics class on the radio. The Drew Mariani Show on Relevant Radio. Well, thanks for joining us. Taking a look at um, well, the New Hampshire primary. South Carolina is right around the corner. Delicate counts and the possibility of Nikki Haley maybe catching fire. Dr. Paul Kengor, regular contributor here to Relevant Radio, just wrote a piece for the American Spectator. And he titled it, We've Got a Ball Game. And, and Doctor, I want to jump back in the phones before we do. You were just saying you got an update on the delicate count. How close is the race, delicate-wise? Yeah, so right now it is 32 to 17. Wow. So, okay. I mean, you know, that is, um, you know, with my football game metaphors, right? So that's, uh, you know, Nikki Haley losing by basically two touchdowns with an eight-point conversion, right? Yeah. So it's... Um, you know, that's, that's not like 50 to nothing or 40 to nothing. Yeah. So it's uh, it's very much a game. Absolutely. All right, we'll jump back to the phones. i got a lot to talk about. I'd love to talk vice presidents. you got Dean Phillips saying Biden can't beat Trump. you got Taylor Swift getting people out to vote. I mean, there's so much to talk about. But we'll go to uh, Los Angeles, California next. Mary Ellen, thanks for joining us. You're on the air with Dr. Kengor. Yeah, hi. I want to talk about the... Uh, latest from CNN that said uh, of the 43% that Nikki Haley received in votes, 70% of those were from Democratic voters who wrote in her name. And that was from what I see, because Joe Biden left his name off the Democratic primary ballot. 
allowing her mm-hmm. to be written in by Democrats. So what's your opinion about that? that Democrats always have a strategy. That's such a great and point. that's what I think. Great point, Mary Ellen. And Dr. New Hampshire is a very uh, conservative, uh, not conservative, it, it has a high percentage of uh, independence there. Uh, but, you know, I know they did a lot of polling beforehand. She seemed to supersede that. But but what about the write-ins? Uh, what, what about Dems uh, voting for her? Yeah, I'm seeing those reports now as well. And I, I alluded to that at the start of our conversation. When I wrote my piece this morning, I hadn't seen that data yet. It's really important to understand that so New Hampshire has what's called an open primary so, so you can vote across parties, right? You can be a Democrat and still vote for a Republican instead in the primary. Like uh, our home state, Drew, of Pennsylvania, it's a closed primary. So I, as a registered Republican, I can only vote in the Republican primary. I can't uh, jump into the Democratic race and try to affect the, the Democratic race. And in the case of New Hampshire, I mean, look, so think about this. And the caller's making a good point. If... Um, if you're a Democrat in the state of New Hampshire and uh, and and, you know, basically Biden's the only one on the ballot, I think there might be Marianne Williamson or somebody, but, you know, but it's Biden. So you really don't have to bother wasting your vote at all for the Democrat. If you want to try to stop Donald Trump. Right. You could go and vote for Nikki Haley in that case. Now, on the other hand, I would point this out to people. I know a lot of Democrats who don't like Joe Biden. And uh, and I'm and I'm talking to them and a lot of them like Nikki Haley. So so I think what you're seeing, there could be an indication in a general election as well that you could have a lot of Democrats who, who would vote for Nikki Haley. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what, we, we know what Trump's going to do with Democrats. He's going to he, he's going to send them running to, to the ballot box to vote for Joe Biden yeah. <laughs> in November. Right. Uh, he's, he's not he's not going to get any votes for, from liberal Democrats. But it's uh, it, but it's quite possible that that Nikki Haley um, could get a significant number of those votes. All right, hey Mary Ellen, thank you for that call. Great insight. Chris is in Chandler, Arizona. Before I go to Chris, Maggie, you said we got some Twitter feedback. Twitter, <laughs> Twitter feedback. Some yeah. X feedback. Diane wrote a great note to us just now. Um, she said, "When it comes to Trump and his policies, they are great, and he shows strength. Remember, just because he's a fighter and the best man for the job." You don't have to invite him to your house for dinner. Yeah, you may not like right, what he says right. or how he says it, but I, I take a look at policy. Also, where they stand on those critical moral issues such as life. Chris in Chandler, Arizona, thanks for waiting. That's true. Yeah, I just want to remind Catholics that I know there's actually a lot of division as far as like how Catholics vote, but in all honesty, when you look at the Democrat platform, and if you go to their platform and look at page 33 where it says they say, they support LGBTQ, they support Planned Parenthood, they support contraception, they support abortion. I mean, look what they're doing. And if you look how Catholic senators and, and representatives are voting, you go to catholicvote.org, there's mm-hmm. the accountability project there that lists all the, the senators on you know, Republicans, Catholics, and, and, uh, and Democrats on both sides. It's pretty much like 100% of these Catholic Democrats that are supporting all this stuff. And when you look at the the Republican um, vote, they're not, you know, on the House. So, I mean, a lot of times we're being told to you that the Democrats will say, well, you Republicans support capital punishment. Give me a break. You know, what are there, like 20, 30 capital punishment uh, deaths a year compared to like a million abortions every year? Right. So right. I mean, the, 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 the case is just really not, it's, it's totally lopsided. 
And Catholics need to, to shore up their values, their morals. Oh, I love it. Yeah. That, I, by the way, that is a great statistic. In fact, I doubt there's even 30 executions in America in a year, and they're probably all in one state, That's right. right? But how many, how many millions of abortions, right? A million abortions in, in a typical year, 65 million abortions since Roe v. Wade. There haven't been 65 million people since the electric chair or during that time, right? Yeah. And it's really sad that, um, you know, and I, I, don't, I know relevant radio is nonpartisan, but, right. but, but, but that, that the Democrats make it almost impossible for a faithful Catholic on moral issues I, I to be able to, to, to cast a vote for them. I, 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 I told a friend of mine who's a never-Trumper who was trying to convince me to, 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 vote, to vote for Hillary Clinton a few years ago, I said, I said, I'm not going to vote for Hillary Clinton. I, 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 I mean, you, you don't like Trump. I get it. Cool. Fine. Re- write somebody else in. But but I, I can't vote for somebody you know, that's a fanatic on abortion and all the and all the and, and now for it, of all things, to be a Catholic president yeah. doing these things. Yeah. What an injustice. It just cries out to uh, you know, stop this man, stop him. Yeah, but Biden says if Democrats win control of Congress, that he's going to sign uh, bills for abortions up to birth. That's what he said. <laughs> so how, how could how can a Catholic in good conscience support that? I'm not telling people who not to who to vote for, but I, I think we've got to limit, mitigate this this type of evil. He yeah. was at a pro-abortion rally, you know. The, and there everybody's, you know, foaming at the mouth about killing babies. It's just so disgusting. He says, give me, and I'll quote him. He says, quote, give me a Democratic House of Representatives. Give me a bigger, bigger Democratic Senate where we will pass a new law restoring and protecting Roe v. Wade. I'll sign it immediately. And he goes, oh, I mean, it's gross. I mean, they are standing yeah. on this pro-death platform, and they think that this is the key to their, their election. Now, I've been wrong before, doctor, and I'd like your take on it. I really thought this is such a bad highway to travel down, right, for a real election. Right. But what else? the stand on you can't stand on the fact that the economy is good because clearly people right. are suffering you can't stand on immigration and those are the two biggest issues for americans today on both sides of the aisle you know we got energy national security got all these so what are you going to do we're going to roll out uh, a, use a euphemism like reproductive rights right uh right. You know, whitewash the, the decaying tomb of, uh, of of abortion here and say you'll murder children up to birth it's sick it's absolutely macabre so I, I encourage all Catholic voters, as Chris pointed out, do your due diligence. Find out where these candidates stand. You know, we cannot support intrinsic evil. So anyway, we'll move on. Uh, Kevin is in uh, Cape Coral, uh, Florida. It's near Fort Myers. Kevin, hi. You're on there with Dr. Kengor. Go over to head. How you doing, Dr. Kengor? Hey, good. How are you? This is my view. I can't vote for Joe Biden with the whole abortion issue. Just can't do it. Mm-hmm. I can't vote for Donald Trump either because I think Donald Trump is one of the most disgusting, vile human beings to ever run. <laughs> and I'm sorry, but character matters and decency right. matters. And and he's a he's a laughing stock. And he says Biden's unfit, yet he thinks Nikki Haley was the uh, speaker of the house. Mm-hmm. He thinks he he was running against Obama. He's got some quotes too. He made a speech. Uh, was a couple months ago about the revolution they were that there were airports so i just can't support either one of them and i think it's disgusting we got these many people and these are the best who we can come up with as far as revolution radio come on guys you guys are all in for trump 
and you guys have been in for years. You've never said anything negative about this man that's a, until what I heard today. Oh, Kevin, that's not true. First thing I've heard. I, I'll tell you what. Well, we'll just turn the hands. Let's turn the hands of time back just for a minute, just for the sake of being honest here. Uh, Doctor Kengor, you were with me when Doctor when uh, when uh, Trump threw his hat in the ring, and you didn't you didn't like him at all. You've been very vocal and very open about that, and, and nobody right, silenced right. you on that position. Yeah, no, and I come on about once a week, right? And and I and I've I've been saying this since about 2015, 2016. Um, you know, look, I I, I guess the uh, to the caller's point, your your chance to change this would be now in the Republican primary, right? And uh, so I'm not saying that that's an endorsement of Nikki Haley. Um, yeah, I I noted in my American Spectator piece today that I, I got to tell you, Drew, I'm so disgusted by all of it that that I, I I can't say I have a favorite. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm not trying to be coy right. saying this to, in order to promote this person or that person. Right. I just feel like my country and culture has gone so to hell, to hell in a handbasket yeah. that, that I, I almost feel like just kind of a neutral spectator sitting back and watching all of it. Yeah. And, and, you know, and I don't mean to be cavalier about it, like, yeah, hey, get mm-hmm. out the popcorn. You know, this is fun. <laughs> Let's watch these idiots all kill each other, right? Yeah, right. And I, 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 you know, it's, it's sad. But, but, but I reached the point of, of despair almost a few years ago. Yeah. And I'm now at the point where I, I'm always have like this, well, this is what the final days look like, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, this, uh, if, if, this is, if this is Armageddon, all right, yeah. I guess this is what's, what it's going to be like. So but in, in the meantime, you pray, you try to make a difference. You make, yeah. try to make prudent decisions, talk yeah. to the people around you in your church, your parish, try to make a difference. But it's, uh, it's a dumpster fire. Yeah. And to the caller's point, here we are again, 2016, 2020, and 2024. And our choices are going to be, what, Hillary and Trump or Biden and Trump? Yeah. With 330 million Americans, we can't do better than this? Yeah. What a joke. Hey, hey, this Kevin, is what we deserve. Kevin, here's the deal. You know, I, I share your pain. I know a lot of people, you know, probably are in the same, you know, camp as you when it comes to, to Trump. Um but uh, as Catholics, if it comes down to these candidates, you always have the option of a third, you know, party candidate or writing somebody in. I'm always of the mindset that we need to mitigate evil. We have to try to to vote for the candidate that will do the least harm. And, um, you know, you got to see who who's running and who's more likely to win and to make that evaluation. But you also do what what your content, what your conscience dictates. Terry in Detroit, Michigan. Thanks for joining us. Good afternoon. Hi. Um, I just wanted to disagree 100%. There is a lot going on behind the scenes. I think that you, neither one of you are really addressing election integrity. I live in Michigan and our Michigan, um, election was stolen. Oh, by the way, you're so right on this. I'm so glad you're calling about this. Yep. 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 Please go. I'm so glad you're calling on this point. You're exactly right. Election integrity could could change everything on this. Go ahead, please. Well, besides the election integrity, there's a lot going on in the global scale, too. I believe that Biden is a globalist. Our um, there's, Nikki Haley is a globalist. And really, there's only probably one candidate out there, that's Trump, who has been fighting them. And nobody's talking about that. That's the problem. The news is is not talking about it. There's so much going on, even in the in the markets, that people are not addressing. All of this is related to the election and the fact that it's stolen. And in, even at the state level, our in Michigan, 
There is no way that that horrible abortion bill passed. No way. That was stolen. Yeah. Well, you There's know, no doctor- way that our governor came back in and she did get reelected because in of a landslide. In a landslide. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Terry, thanks for calling, Doctor. We only have a minute. I can take a break and we'll come back, take a few more calls. But let's talk about an election integrity. It's something that's been coming up on the show recently, and I want to dive into it in greater detail. Um, you saw the same thing in the state of Pennsylvania when you went oh, to bed yeah. during the last election, right? You, you've got great questions yep. about whether or not there is some way that there's uh, they, they figured out to, I, I say, manipulate the vote. I'm trying to be charitable here. Well, it was stunning. I, yeah, I went to bed and Trump was up by 500,000 votes. I've never seen that for a Republican before in an election in Pennsylvania. And uh, they just kept counting and counting and counting and counting a, a, an untold, unlimited number of mail-in ballots. To this day, no one knows how many there were. I guess maybe three million. And then once they finally got to a point where Biden surpassed Trump, they said, hey, hey look, hey, we're done counting the ballots. Uh, we got them all in. Yeah, it was it was a stunning thing. And and not many states have fixed it. Uh, Florida fixed it. Florida fixed it, which is why DeSantis won by 20 points a couple years ago. So, yeah, that's a great call. She's right about the markets. She's right about the globalist stuff. Although I got to say, uh, Nikki Haley's good on China and good on Russia. She, she was at the U.N. She was Trump's U.N. ambassador, folks. Yeah. All right. She, she's very good on foreign policy. Very I, smart. On I had a friend who just sent me a text and he's saying, hey, ask the professor about the importance of the immigration issue with 41 percent, 41 percent saying it was the number one issue in the New Hampshire primary. Um, you think that swayed votes in favor of Haley? Uh, probably not. And that's a pretty staggering number. It's hard to imagine that that many people in New Hampshire right. would list that as such a top priority. You can see that in Arizona or Texas or New Mexico. Right. But, uh, you know, but for a lot of um, Trump supporters, that's usually one of their top three or four issues. Yep. All right, I got to hold it right there. I got a short break. When we come back, uh, final segment of the Drew Mariani Show straight ahead. My guest, Dr. Paul Kengor, wrote an article for the American Spectator. You can check him out online. It's called We've Got a Ball Game. And uh, we'll continue our conversation, take a few more of your calls right after this. We go there. The Drew Mariani Show on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. You can support Relevant Radio in many ways. Joining a giving society, donating a vehicle you don't need anymore, and now donating a piece of land or other real estate. Donate now at relevantradio.com slash property. No matter what, God has the last word. You're listening to Drew Mariani on Relevant Radio. Yeah, politics, finance, global affairs, it could be overwhelming, right? We look, I think, sometimes the politics for all of our answers. Uh, you'll never find them there. God is in control, ultimately, so be not afraid, do not fear. If you're just tuning in, uh, I'm glad to have you here. Dr. Paul Kango, a regular contributor here to the program, uh, is stopping by. We're talking about an article he wrote. The New Hampshire primary has just finished, and... He wrote an interesting piece, a little bit different than I think what some people were arguing. He says, we got a ball game. Donald Trump and Nikki Haley are in a real race, he says. And if you want to read this, we're going to link to it. It's on our Twitter page, at Drew Mariani Show. You'll find it. Just go there. You can also find it at the American Spectator. The website's very simple, spectator.com. at spectator.com. Or where, Maggie? Oh, spectator.org. Thank you, Maggie. Spectator.org. I don't know why I wrote calm down. Spectator.org. 
Org. Check it out. Do a search for Dr. Ken Gore's last name, K-E-N-G-O-R. Bring it right there, okay? Hey, doctor, it's good to have you back. I want to jump back in the phones before I do. I am wondering, before the next primary, which is about 30 days away, do you think Trump will announce his vice president, or do you think he'll wait after South Carolina? That's a good question. I don't know. It's very unpredictable, and I don't expect uh, any debates. And it, it, this is really odd that, that it is going to be 30 days away. So a lot can happen during that period. And uh, to the caller's point from, from Michigan, uh, man, the markets and the economy can really go bad. I, I, I mean, I, I think it could be that could be really disastrous in 2024 in a way that people haven't figured out yet. And somebody who will understand that and can explain it would be Donald Trump because of because of his yeah. background. I spoke to a financial guy, not on the air. He wasn't a guest. There was some guy I was having a conversation with one day, and, and he, they were like, like, the next six months, based on this race, the economy is going to be pretty pretty strong. It's going to be supported because of the elections and, and, and Biden uh, and because of how bad the economy is. But I don't know how true that is, but mm -hmm. then we might see a, a real correction, but I don't know. Uh, that's for, I guess, right, a financial right. expert. Liz is in uh, Brea, California. Hey, Liz, thank you for joining us. Hi. I wanted to bring up the fact that, um, I mean, every this, I feel like this conversation is so um, anti-Trump, but nobody has mentioned he's the only president who stopped funding for Planned Parenthood. Yeah. I mean, I've watched these lawmakers parade across the March for Life platforms, and none of them have ever stopped us, the taxpayer, from paying for Planned Parenthood except him. You don't forget, he also nominated Supreme Court justices that helped to overturn Roe v. Wade. He's been, right. Uh, right. He, he, you know, we talked about the Mexico City policy. We talked about mm -hmm. his, his position. I think, you know, we, we did, Liz, I don't know when you tuned in. We first began yeah, our we conversation. All that. We did he, highlight he, a little bit of how pro-life uh, the president has been. But uh, he, He's the best pro-life president we ever had. There's yeah, no you, question about it. And if you compare candidate... No comparison. Sorry, yeah. doctor. I mean, if you, if you compare candidate to candidate... And you look at Biden versus Trump, there's stark differences mm -hmm. just on that platform alone. So if you are a defender of life, I mean, that decision's easy. If you are a big proponent of uh, abortion, killing babies, and your decision is pretty easy, too. Kathleen in Massachusetts, thanks for joining us. Yes, I want to say that I think many people are very uh, fooled by Donald Trump in terms of, yes, he's very brash. But I don't mind that. I'd rather have somebody who's brash and being honest with me than a, a phony like Obama who put pe people under the ether and made them feel good. And, oh, isn't he eloquent? And all this fake weakling type of stuff. That's all. Thanks, Kathleen. I love it. I, and well, I got to Doctor, I got to yeah. admit, I loved Obama's delivery. I thought the guy was eloquent as can be, but but you know, he had a silver tongue. I, that that's for sure. Not everybody has that right. gift. But Kathleen brings up a good point. I'll let you comment. Well, and Obama was culturally disastrous with what he did for the. I mean, he's the guy that illuminated the White House in the rainbow colors the day of the Obergefell decision. Uh, he did all the horrible things on abortion, all the LGBTQIA plus stuff, all happened yeah, under Obama. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it was the fundamental transformation of America, as, as he promised it. And, and I guess my only response to the caller would be that, yeah, oh, but I think what we're saying is. It, if Trump could just control himself and act a little better and a little, little more presidential, I, I mean, Trump supporters, people who love him, who are listening, think of what your guy could do, man. <laughs> if he just behave, if he could improve his behavior, you, you'd be you'd be going into year seven.
of, 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 his, of his two two term presidency. If you want to join on. the conversation and tweet at us, it's at Drew Mariani Show. Maggie, you said there's some tweets coming. In. You want to share those? There are. There's actually two. I want to voice real quick. Mary wrote to us. She said. As the primaries continue, our southern southern border is being invaded by single men of military age from 117 countries, as discovered by RFK Jr., who took a film crew to the border and interviewed illegals as they came. Um, she said Fox states that many of these are Chinese men with military experience. Um that I just I thought that was interesting to voice. But, uh, Litany also brought up uh, a good question. She said, "I have read that George Soros is pouring a lot of money behind Nikki Haley. If true, what does that say?" Well, I don't know about Soros, but the the 117 country number that wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. And uh, and by the way, we haven't talked at all about RFK Jr. I know, and he's uh, you know he's still there. And you throw him in there. I mean, it's quite possible he could get twenty to twenty-three percent of the vote. And and if that happens, that's a real wild card in this race that could throw everything into chaos. And Drew and I talked about this the last time I did the show. Uh, the latest numbers look like an RFK entrance actually now helps Biden a little bit more. Uh, before it helped Trump by maybe one point. Um, so it, it's hard to say what exactly the difference it would make, but in a really tight race. Um, RFK Jr. could be a decisive factor. So keep your eyes on him, too. Maybe next time you're on, we should talk about that, because if no candidate you know, reaches 270 electoral votes in the presidential election, the winner is then, of course, decided in a contingent election by the House of Representatives, oh. where each state votes as a block, right? right so right. would that not be crazy, right? <laughs> and I think the I'll House has picked the president be. twice in American history, so... You never know. All right, let's grab another call. We have a couple minutes left. Uh, Joanne in Minnesota, thank you for your patience. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. I just wanted to address that same issue you just mentioned about Nikki Haley. I think the Democrats are backing her. That's why she's making uh, strides, and that bothers me. I mean, I think that's how they work. They'll pull her up to uh, try to get her in there instead of Trump because of their Trump hate. All right. Yeah, and then they'll and then they'll put the knife in her back as soon as uh, she's a Republican nominee. If that were to happen, they did it with John McCain, Mitt Romney. Uh, but on the other hand, too, I mean, you know, there are Democrats that I think genuinely like her because they don't like Biden, right? And they don't like Trump, so they see her, uh, you know, legitimately as a kind of viable alternative. Well, Trump said that too about Haley. You know, he goes, "Wait till you see if she was to get elected or win." Uh, boy, they would come after her. There'd be lawsuits and all oh, sorts yeah. of things he yeah. said that they would do to her. Hey, doctor, I got less than a minute. Just some final thoughts for me. Yeah, well, well you know, the next 30 days are going to be really key to see what happens in South Carolina. I mean, think about this. Remember, South Carolina is Nikki Haley's state, yep. right? And if she can't win a Republican primary, primary in her own state, well, that's pretty bad. Uh, but, but the latest numbers, the numbers for a while, she would lose it by 30. Um, if she ends up losing only by 10... That might actually be a victory after all of this. Yeah, so it remains to be seen. Check out the American Spectator at spectator.org. Dr. Paul Kenger wrote a brand new article there. It's entitled, We Got a Ball Game. I'm up against the clock out of time for the day. I'll be back again tomorrow to give you another look at life you won't find anywhere else. Until then, say a prayer for me. I'll be praying for you. Have a great day.